Alrighty guys, welcome back. This is the first, well, the first episode we've recorded in 2024. It's officially the second episode that's come out, but uh, yeah, Happy New Year everyone. Hope everyone's having a good start to 2024. Pav, you're back mate. Mate, we're both back. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, but more importantly, you're back. Sure. <laughs> How you yeah. going? How was your break? Mate, it was good. Uh, lots of time spent with the family, went to the coast, Gold really? Coast that is. I know you went to the North Coast. Yeah. You did? Yeah, just lots of family time, lots of pool time. Yeah, get a tan. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, at least that makes one of us, because <laughs> I certainly did. Yeah, how about you? Good one? Any good presents? Uh, yeah, good presents. Wearing some new kicks um, from the missus' parents, so... Oh, that makes me happy now. We no longer have the same sneakers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'll still wear them. Rebox every now and again. Um, but look, I wanted to call out, we had that episode with Investified that was a bit of a 2024 prediction. Yeah, that was a gem. It was a nice one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um, we recorded that prior to Christmas. We did. And I've, I've got to shout it out, mate. You called out Say as a coin you're watching and something that's going to do big things. And um, in the time since then, I think it did 2x. Yeah. 100%. Short term, yeah, I don't know. Long term, still, I think there's more to it. Of course, of course. But, but yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was good. It was good it's a good look. <laughs> it's a good look. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was good. Uh, this week's obviously pretty big. Uh, ETF deadlines. Like the biggest week of crypto. Some could Bitcoin. say that. It was like Bitcoin's birthday, and we've got the ETF. Massive, massive. Yeah. Um, so the ETF deadline is actually this week. Yep. Um, so that by the time this episode comes out, it's highly likely that we will have a decision on that. A lot of people are speculating we will get those Bitcoin ETFs approved, mm -hmm. but obviously we you know, can't really guarantee that now. So what are your thoughts uh, leading up to that kind of decision? Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely in. I think the for me, it's like the SEC wouldn't be going to the length of like all the technical questions that they were asking a few weeks ago, unless they weren't serious about this is there. And even like previous, I think that Bloomberg analyst, I forget his name, James Somersea or someone. Um, yeah, just the fact that structurally it's not too different from the futures ETF, which is currently live and running. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, and there's all those ads are running on TV right now. I think most recently we're going to shoot it up a bit later in the episode, but they've released like their fee schedules of all the different products and what they'll be charging. So, yeah. I mean, you've got to be close to the end of this all yeah. just going green soon. Yeah, I mean, there is the futures ETF. I think this is one's a little bit different. Um, you're, you're a bit more across the technicals of it, but to break it down, essentially... The spot ETF, why it's different from a futures ETF is the asset managers or the ETF is actually holding actual Bitcoins, Correct. right? Um, yep. which, which means they need to invest in the Bitcoins, which, yep. you know, impact price, um, yep. which is a bit different from futures, which is just paper contracts, right? Yeah, it's like yep. ca cash settlement. So, like, it's we promise it's the price of Bitcoin as yep. opposed to, oh, no, we've got Bitcoin in the shed. Yeah. Um, that's kind of that's kind of the difference. Cool. So, I want to kind of make a comparison because we've spoken about before, like, the gold ETF that went live in 2000 for um pretty interesting that you couldn't really access gold via a fund before 2004 like would the only way be through like uh yeah i guess, I guess physical holding gold. It physically or having someone else hold it for you some other custodian but yeah. not, not on an exchange yeah exactly and i want to bring up a bit of a chart um that shows the gold price after that etf went live so here we see that it went live in 2004 and since then the price of gold hasn't actually come down since that point so i think it was about $450. This is based on CFDs on gold um, and shot up, you know, it had a little bit of a dip for a period there, but it went, did about four or maybe five X since then. Multi-year rally. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a little bit different to Bitcoin because Bitcoin's a bit more accessible than gold. You can do a little bit more with Bitcoin and the scarcity is a little bit different as well. Like yep. we have the halving coming up when new Bitcoin supplies can be halved. So obviously yep. that impacts um, the supply and demand side of things as well. 
But yeah, I think this is a good reference point to to see how like a spot ETF could impact Bitcoin in total. Yeah, absolutely. I think it sets up the long-term narrative pretty nicely. And yep. I know we're going to talk a lot about this, so I won't mm. touch too much into it. But yeah, I think for me, 2024, the fact that we've got this happening with Bitcoin, the ETF, you know, accessibility is now opened up for yep. a lot of people that can't currently access it for all the points you said. Um, and then two, yeah, halvening. I mean, two major catalysts Jeez. in a single year. It's massive. Yep. And and they've got things like the macro improving, like the Fed mm. likely going to start reducing rates, bit of quantitative easing instead of tightening. Like it's, it just seems like it's going to be a huge year. Yeah. Did you mention the election? Yeah, election year, sorry, yep. as well, yep. which historically has been an up year mm-hmm. uh, in the last 20 previous election years. Yeah. Yeah. Before we dive into kind of your charts here, I just want to touch on an interesting development. Uh, so the asset managers that are offering the potential ETFs uh, have released their fees. Yep. And it's pretty interesting because like they're quite cheap compared to what people were expecting. Like they're, they're kind of similar to what some of the gold ETFs are currently. Uh, and I guess that's important because this is new, this is fresh, like people want it, you'd think they'd pay a premium for it. But because there's so many asset managers offering it mm. and they're trying to gain as much market share as possible, it's super competitive and those fees are actually quite cheap. So you're looking at, I think the cheapest one there is Bitwise. Um, would you be able to explain like the fee structure for ETFs a little bit more? So obviously there's a fee for your initial purchase, but then there's like a rollover fee for holding them. Yeah, I think... I'm not sure. Like, I have to double check if that is the case. We might touch back on that next episode. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is like definitely throwing the gauntlet down to say that something like this is almost like a challenger product to what currently exists. There's a lot of centralized exchanges where the fees are are quite a lot higher than what what that's sort of listing as. So I think one thing this doesn't take into account is that it it will be a live, you know, exchange traded product. Mm. So there will still be spreads. So we don't know what the impact of that's going to be, what the liquidity is going to be like. Some of these funds might be a lot more liquid than others. So the spreads could be quite smaller um, but then you've also got the brokers and the issuers they also may be potentially having different liquidity as well so i mean there's, yeah. there's a lot more to unpack but i mean what what's key i think like as you said like it's coming out of the gates as what seems to be a pretty competitive product yeah and uh, i guess the consumer is the real winner at the end of the day but you got to keep in mind like managers asset managers like blackrock and yeah. uh fidelity and stuff they're gonna win from this so like either way long term play to win they're, yeah they're gonna win yeah. in some way shape or form but Pav, let's get your thoughts on the market, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been an interesting one. I mean, uh, we've, we've been away for a while, so we haven't really been able to talk too much. I mean, Bitcoin's just been doing some pretty wild things. Um, everyone got a bit worried back here. The start of January, the 3rd, we had a massive flush uh, where price of the previous day was 45K uh, and then fell about 10 to 11% all the way down to 40K. So on Bitcoin, that might not look so bad, but a lot of altcoins were down 30, 40%. Mm. Um, that massive red day. And uh, reason for this, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but I think the leading reason is uh, a lot of the futures products, the exchange traded derivatives, uh, they were running at uh, extremely high open interest rates. I know we you finished up the year you talked about open interest being at the highest it's ever been yeah that's uh, a very very precarious stat because that means there's so many people that are just borrowing against their positions paying fees and there was always i guess that sort of crash coming at some stage mm. so it's good that we've had it before the etf because now all the funding rates have uh, normalized so yeah. that's like the interest rates that you would pay on borrowed positions so it's almost like a credit flush so everyone's starting square uh, I think a lot of people would have lost some unrealized profits. So it goes to show again, if that happened to you, like definitely sit down and, and think about how you're going to look to take profits again with the next runs that might be coming. But look, for me right now, 
we're at a pretty key resistance area and you can see prices respecting this at the moment. Um, so this is a previous high uh, from 2022. Uh, and yeah, we're just about to tick all the top of the March 2022 high. So that's a significant one we've pointed out in the past as well. That's the the last high before the market really broke down and started the bear market. So yeah. um, getting above that, I think will be a pretty big sentiment shift that, mm. you know, we're moving into more bullish sentiment. You know, there might be a, a pullback to come further, but the fact yeah. that we're getting up above that price is a pretty big deal. So yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm seeing there. And then just to show as well, we talked about Bitcoin dominance being something to watch. Um, like we can't really see any, you know, a sustained altcoin rally until this guy rallies and then falls back away. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that flush that we did see last week, um, mm -hmm. this has been on the rise. So what that tells you is two things. Um, money is, I guess, somewhat staying in Bitcoin and altcoins are selling off into Bitcoin or altcoins are just being decimated and the majority of the total cap that's remaining is shared by Bitcoin alone. So, yeah. um, you know, you can see here previously pre-harvesting last cycle, um, there was a couple of key market structure breaks that then led to the the subsequent altcoin rally. So we haven't really seen any weakness on this yet. Yeah. So I would say like, while altcoins may outperform in the market right now, it's very selective. Like it's not mm. going to be every single yeah, altcoin is yeah, going to go exactly. ballistic. So, so what are you looking to see, like from a percentage standpoint yeah. on the Bitcoin dominance chart? Like, yep. when you look back to the last cycle, the Bitcoin dominance was way high, and we we probably won't see those levels again because there's more so. altcoins and more money flowing into altcoins. Yeah. But yep. do you have a certain number in mind? Like, is it sixty percent Bitcoin dominance? It could be. Like, I mean, if we're purely looking at technicals, I really like sixty um, percent. It's it's pretty much a nice little inflection point here, a yep. key level. So. I wouldn't really put too much TA onto something like something like Bitcoin dominance, but what it tells me is that it's looking strong still. It's not looking like it's looking to turn around just yet. So until this starts to look um, a bit exuberant, uh, looking like it's sort of sliding, that's when I would say we might see a longer term altcoin yeah. market start to yeah, develop. Cool. But and for the for the listeners, yeah. so we're yeah. sitting at about fifty five percent coin dominance, and yeah, Pav's mapped out a key level at about sixty yep. percent. But uh, yeah, it, like you said. TA on, on Bitcoin dominance isn't always the, uh, the no, hottest. But it tells a story. It, it definitely tells a story that there's still a bit more to go until we have that fully fledged yep. altcoin rally to come. Yep. But what we also do have is, um, the, we, we've been tracking this as well, which is the total market cap of the crypto market minus Bitcoin and Ethereum. So this is just altcoins again. Um, we pointed out about a month ago that this was breaking a pretty significant level and we've seen a rally and a fall, which was that sell-off we talked about. And now we're potentially seeing a bit of a bounce back. So at the same time, we could see a short-term rally for that for this market cap to go from 480 bill, you know, up to 600, 700 bill valuation. So what that means is um, we might just, in the short term, still experience, um, especially with Bitcoin running right now. As soon as it starts to pause, go sideways before any sort of sell-off occurs, that there, there, there will be a capital rotation likely that does go to altcoins. So I wouldn't be surprised. If we see some sort of silly season before the halvening, mm. and that might attract a lot of people back, but it might also be the worst thing that people do, get too deeply invested into altcoins too soon. Yeah. Um, so all this would sort of say to me, if it's, if this is my portfolio, like I'm, I'm still looking to have altcoin exposure, but I'll be looking to take profits probably as we start to move into the sort of trouble area, especially leading up to the Bitcoin halvening, which we've seen has been a, a pretty big catalyst and the market tends to do some wacky things the closer mm -hmm. we get to it so yeah just want to point that out too so um yeah it's uh it's an interesting looking market for 2024 
It is. Not it bad. Is. Not it, bad. It seems like to start off the year, we, we really shifted the focus back to Bitcoin, and that's Correct. likely going to be the case, especially as we have the ETF approval yeah. and then another catalyst in the halving. Um, a lot of focus will be on Bitcoin, and then we'll likely shift back into altcoins. Yep. Um, we'll probably get an altcoin summer. If you're in Australia, Aquan Winter. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's uh, let's dive into some of those top movers. Yeah. So what? Uh, There's not many, is there? It's not. But this is good. Like this is kind of the my favorite time to start looking at what's performing in the market because, like we said, we did have that massive flush. A lot of alts got decimated. So it's only really the strongest that are showing. So for all the listeners, we're looking at bubbles of gainers and losers. Yep. Pretty much everything in the altcoin market is red, so it's it's gone down. Where there's a handful of tokens that are in the green for the week. For the week, yes, we- yes, week- yes. weekly performance. Yes. So are you essentially saying your strategy is to look at the ones that are performing in this tough market and pick those as like out like stronger competitors to some of the other, those other ones? Absolutely. This is key. This is exactly how I build what my watch list personally. Yep. So like I'll then add all these top performers onto a watch list and I'll sort of see, well, we just saw one absolutely blow up. See a uh, coin. See a coin. Yeah. That could just be a pump and dump. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that, that's exactly how I'll, I'll do it. And then I'll then go and apply TA to those yeah. as well. But I mean, yeah, you want to average winners, generally speaking, and from personal experience um, in these type of market conditions, not really trying to catch the bottom of something that's falling. You want to ride the coattails or something that's showing strength yeah um tends to have that momentum that's that's kind of what you want to see yeah so some of the ones that are in the green currently celestia tia yeah uh, astar astr um, stacks which you mentioned osmosis which is a dex on the cosmos yep. in the cosmos ecosystem um lido dow so liquid staking uh, what else are we seeing? Got injective protocol, which we've injective been shouting out a bit yeah, live, towards beam, the end of last year. Beam, so the gaming beam. narrative there as well. Yeah, um, and Arbitrum, so layer two. That's all happening. All, all ones we've like spoken about pretty frequently in the past, haven't they? It is, it is, yeah. yeah. But this will change, obviously, as um, the market hopefully stabilizes. We might see uh, a bit more conviction across some other asset classes. We might see some sort of resurgence into other sectors. Like, yeah. I know we're all waiting for things like. GameFi and mm. uh, NFTs and stuff like that to start to take off as, yeah. as the sort of market matures into the next phases of the cycle. Uh, but right now, it looks like infrastructure is the play that is seeing the most rotation. Yeah. So that's that's how I'd probably look to play it personally in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, but what I also would point out too is like, I think we've talked about this before, fear and greed. We're at the highest level we've been at um, since the bottom. Uh, so we're at 76. So we've just moved into what's i guess perceived now as extreme greed mm. so this is where the the market still gets a bit frothy but yeah. you know it, it can be quite good after a big sell-off to see that greed factor still there because it means that there might still be that you know that sentiment that momentum to take us to the next move but uh all i would say is for the next move is very volatile and very quick that might be potentially some sort of local top um, so this is measured from a few things it's like social sentiment yeah, i think it's down uh, market cap Volatility, momentum, social media, surveying, dominance, and trends. So, yeah, so a little, so. little bit of, I guess, qualitative and quantitative. So, yeah. it's 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 an indicator. Like, it's not a, a bible. Like, it's yeah. not something you live and swear by. Mm. But um, it has has. What's well, interesting because we just showed those hot movers and everything's pretty much in the red in terms of the altcoin market. Yeah. But yeah. because like the Bitcoin ETF approval is on the horizon, like everyone's getting super excited about that. So yeah. that probably just shows why that uh, fear and greed measure is so high. Yeah, it's definitely definitely still some interest in the markets, which is what we like to see. Uh, what's happening with Gary? 
Cool. Our best, um, our best, your best friend. My best friend, DJ Gary. Are you going to be sad that you won't have anything to talk about? With well, ETFs? I'm sure. I'm sure he'll find some things. You but reckon? I reckon this is his last hurrah before, because I reckon the ETF, if it's approved, which it's likely to be, it's going to be a big defeat for Gary personally. <laughs> um, so he's kind of he's come out on Twitter and just put out a thread of basically saying, "The so Gary Gensler, sorry, just to yes." Uh, Simulate everyone. SEC chairman. Yep. Um, you know, Gary and the SEC are pretty famous for being anti-crypto. Um, come after the likes of Coinbase and Ripple and stuff Every like that. Every other crypto yeah. under the sun almost. Yeah, they don't like it. Um, but he's basically put out uh, you know, a huge thread of tweets, essentially warning people against the risks of crypto, saying you know, there's risks of scams and it's volatile and all, and all things like that. A lot of people are just taking this as... The ETF's confirmed. <laughs> just having his final say before it is confirmed. Yeah. Um, you know, which kind of makes sense. I, I kind of see that narrative as well. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Like a lot of institutional guys were staying away from crypto because they couldn't possibly access it because of the way it exists currently. So, yeah. I mean, having this ETF will it overnight change the security. Yeah. I mean, he makes valid points. Like fraudsters yeah. continue to exploit the rising popularity of crypto assets to lure retail investors into scams. Which like, won't happen with an ETF because you can't withdraw it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except you could be ponzied into buying a fake ETF. Yeah, you could. Yeah. I, I'm sure that will be yep. that will be a hot on the horizon. Yeah. But um, no, it's uh, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Good on you, Gary. Good on you, Gary. But yeah, I've got another quick story here. So it's it's a little bit left field from the, all the ETF chat we've been discussing. But Visa, it's not kind of their first venture into the crypto Web three world, but it's just another little you know finger in the pie, I guess you could say. <laughs> Um, they have launched a Web3 loyalty program. So you can basically earn unique digital collectibles and assets through, you know, completing online purchases and completing online activities, whether yeah, it's, nice. you know, checking into an airport or liking a brand on social media. And it's, it's just like an app where you can do a lot of that and, and earn some pretty cool prizes and, and gifts and unwrap them and things like that. So. I mean, it's just another adoption play, isn't it? Visa, yeah. um, pretty famous for, for being involved and wanting to, you know, be a leader in this space. So this is just a continuation of that. Good to see. And I, I think the one thing we can't not talk about, I guess, properly with all this ETF stuff is like, I feel like everyone's heard the ETF in, in the socials mm. months and months and months. Maybe a lot of people don't quite understand why it matters. Like mm. Why should the everyday Aussie or crypto investor give two shits yeah um what's your hot take on like that why do you think this matters um in terms of like direct impact yeah like you know if you hold bitcoin in your swiftx wallet or in any other exchange or in your personal wallet like that's staying the same yeah it's not moving anywhere i think the price will be impacted by this in the short short term but more predominantly in the long term mm. and my personal opinion is for the for the better i think this will bring in a lot of institutional investment yeah like we're going to see billions of dollars come in because there's been a lot of institutional demand for Bitcoin, but there hasn't been that regulated avenue to access Bitcoin. Yeah. So I guess we've got that now. And so, yeah, I think from a, if you're an Aussie investor and you, you've hold Bitcoin and maybe some other cryptocurrencies, it's a good thing. If it's rejected, obviously the market could have, yeah, could tank a little bit. Not expecting like that. That's not, yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't expect it, but it's not a, oh, no, a but question. The market's definitely priced in expecting it to be yeah. going through. So if something doesn't go yes, through, yes, exactly. It could get gross. Yeah, exactly. So in the short term, I think if it's approved, we are going to see a spike. I don't think it's going to be a direct sell the news type event because it's just one of the biggest events. It's probably the biggest event we've had in crypto 
for a couple of years now, right? Mm. And yeah, we've had some positive price movement over the last few months, which you know could indicate that um, it could be a sell the news event. But I think with all the institutional money on the sidelines ready to get in, that's going to push the price higher to maybe like a 55, 60K bracket. And then we might cool off leading into the halving, which mm-hmm. is about April, April. Mar- uh, April May, sorry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think short-term positive, long-term even better. Um, but yeah, don't get too kind of overzealous with these things because smart money will take profits at, at some stage. Yeah. What do you think, Pev? Yeah, I think the same thing. I think this is more of a long-term win for me. And I don't know, my biggest thing is once the Bitcoin ETF is like digested by the market, like whatever happens up or down, couple months from now i think we'll start seeing things like the eth etf go through mm. like maybe in like may june i think that's when their verdicts are due for that one the final decisions yeah and then i'm just thinking god what's next yeah i'd love to see a solana etf personally oh wouldn't you just yeah so just increasing again uh the avenues for diversification i think that'll be the next the next move mm. by institutions but um yeah i i mean short term we don't know what could happen i'm planning for both outcomes so like what if we just absolutely rocket it new yeah. all-time highs you know what's going to be my plan there yeah but i'm also expecting uh well okay what if we shoot into that 50 to 60k market start to look a little bit like everyone's taking profits mm. i'll probably do the same as well yeah um, in a more meaningful way because i just know historically the halvings always had a bit of a sell-off leading into it so i want to be there ready to buy up a bargain ready to um, get in. what would you say to someone considering whether to get into yep. uh, the bitcoin etf or whether to buy bitcoin directly and hold their own coins on say an exchange and then move into another wallet uh, it just depends on what you prefer um you can't go wrong with either option as long as your goal is to get exposure you're going to get it yep. but then what most people find is they start with bitcoin and you might resonate with this i know i definitely do you start with bitcoin sort of get to understand the lay of the land, what crypto is all about. And then you start to see, oh, okay, well, there's not coin here that I really like. I think they're doing great things. Like I know we've been talking about things like Helium and HiveMapper, where yep. they're actually looking to establish real world use cases mm-hmm. for the crypto coins. So I know we'll, we'll probably talk about that some other episode, yep. but like, you know, everyone do their own research after a while. They just can't help it because you're curious, right? Yeah. And then you'll just be like, okay, well, I can't really do that on an ETF. I'll have to go to an exchange. Yep. So I think that's where... They'll always need be. They'll need to be both. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, for institutions, this is the biggest one. I mean, there's a lot of client money that a lot of money managers and funds they haven't been able to, you know, provide crypto exposure. Mm. I've got like a great survey here from Bitwise, which you know they are one of the contenders for the ETFs. But you know, they did a, a collaborative uh, piece with Vetify to sort of benchmark 400 financial advisors in the US. Mm-hmm. And I think this is pretty telling of like, what's the long-term outlook for something like an ETF. And uh, it's essentially that the vast majority do see approvals and they see that as a catalyst for the market. So they do expect some sort of volatility event. Um, right now, access is still limited. Only 19% of advisors say they're able to buy crypto for their clients' accounts. Uh, but that being said, the client interest is strong. So 88% of advisors have received questions from their clients about crypto in the last year. Yeah. Uh, and there's also a stat here, I can't find one of them, but it was basically to say that um, a majority of clients that they were consulting with, they couldn't buy it directly through their financial advisor mm-hmm. or their money management fund. They had to go outside and access crypto themselves. So there might be a demand for people just wanting an all-in-one solution. Yeah. So I think that that might see a trend in that manner as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, another massive one is just 
this, I guess this is probably my key takeaway. It's that once you invest, uh, you tend to stay invested. So 98% of advisors who currently have an allocation to crypto for their clients, they plan to increase that exposure moving forward. Yeah, right. So th that's where I like to think about this in the same way that gold ETF, I guess, is. So if you've got all these advisors saying, oh, I have 1% to 5% of exposure in Bitcoin because this is why. Yeah. Client agrees. That's something they're going to be putting into for the foreseeable future. It's not a one to two year investment. Yeah. I mean, these are time horizons for people to retire on, right? Yeah. So like that demand, when you take into account the deflationary nature of Bitcoin, uh, the limited supply, I mean, some of the price predictions that they're making for the next 30 years don't sound too crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. $1 million Bitcoin when everyone's buying yeah, and having 1% in their portfolio. Yeah. I mean, it's eventually going to get there. I think there. Kathy Wood says, said 500K Bitcoin based on their calculations of like fund managers allocating 5% of their portfolios to Bitcoin, going to bring in, you know, billion, potentially trillions of dollars up and they calculated 500,000. So that's not a number they pulled out of the air. It's yep. analysts and researchers did those uh, calculations to find that number. So. Yeah, and these guys, they're creating these ETFs and there's so many because they know there's a massive opportunity. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean... It's not like we're just seeing three or four just having a yeah. crack. I mean, we're seeing 12 of them all do it at once. Yeah, pretty Trying much. to offer the most competitive fees. Like it is a crazy time in yeah. the market, isn't it? Yeah. And it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, a bit of a gold rush. Absolutely. I oh, mean, that was good. Um, yeah. I feel like we're maybe a little bit rusty. It's our first one back after the Christmas ham. That's all right. We'll get back into it. Yeah. But um, hopefully by this time next week, when the next episode comes out, we'll have a, you know, a few ETFs approved and the market's looking a lot greener. I think it'll be um, a good one to break down next week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then I'm keen to dive into some um, some more altcoin research pieces. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. if all goes the way it should, we probably have some juicy, hopefully, insights to pass on yeah. once we start to see the market respond and digest to this news. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature.